You're listening to the Blue Collar Bible Guy podcast, where we discuss how we live for Jesus in this vast work zone called life. So grab your boots and a good pair of gloves because it's time to punch in. Hello, welcome back to the second episode of the Blue Collar Bible Guy podcast. My name's Mike, and I'm the Blue Collar Bible Guy. Feel free to subscribe and like this episode, um, share it with your friends. Uh, so that we can get the word out, so we can continue to encourage um, other working class Christians out there in the field. Today's episode is going to be called, Who is Your Boss? And we'll get into that um, as we go on through this, uh, through the episode here. I know that I had a crazy week this week, actually the past two weeks of work, we've been dealing with uh, driver shortages and um, just other mechanical um issues that uh, made for two weeks that were uh, well over 60 hours each week. And um, I'd like to hear any stories that you might have. So uh, feel free at any time, send me an email at bluecollarbibleguy at gmail.com so that we can discuss your stories and um, how you're able to live out your faith while you're in the process of um, doing all the things that you need to do at work to be a witness for Christ while you're putting in the hours and doing the hard work that uh, every blue collar Bible guy has to do. Um, so make sure to send those again to bluecollarbibleguy at gmail.com and we will read them on the show and talk about the different situations that, uh, that you guys all go through as well as the instances that I'll be discussing from my 20 plus years doing blue collar work um, as a Christian and trying to help others to to get encouragement and have confidence in living out their faith every single day. As I said in the first episode when I was introducing what the podcast was going to be about, I've been fortunate throughout my life to have older men within the church that um, I've had the opportunity to work with and be able to see as examples of how to um, live out faith in the workplace, how to be an encouragement to younger Christians, how to um, make wise choices in the face of uh, tough situations. And hopefully we will be able to to pass those on here and um, again, be an encouragement and an advocate for people that are out there doing this hard work while trying to live a life of, of a Christian in the workplace, at home, and everywhere else in between. Today I want to discuss the idea of your boss, the people that you answer to at work, and the people that you take orders from to complete the tasks, and who it is that we need to be working for every day on the job. We have specific authorities while we're working um, that we need to uh, respect on the job, But we also have uh, a spiritual, heavenly boss that is to play the major role in the decisions that we make at work and how we uh, treat our bosses, our co-workers, our customers, and everyone that we come in contact with. So I'm going to set the foundation for this in in how I uh, approach my work, um, hopefully every day. Of course, there's days that I fail and don't do as well as, as other days. Um, But these are some of the foundational things that I want to look at uh, to help us to go into the workplace with the right frame of mind, 
and uh, the right attitude to be able to show people uh, what a life in Christ can look like. Again, it's not going to be perfect. We're going to mess up at times. We're going to get frustrated, uh, maybe even lose our temper. But as Christians, when we realize that we've done those things, we, we go and we make it right and we uh, seek forgiveness where we uh, may have offended or, or done something wrong and we try to make it right so that people know that it is, is Christ that we're following and we're not just being completely uh, controlled by our emotions throughout the day. So um, if you'll uh, listen with me as I read a few uh, verses in the book of Romans chapter 1. I think these are foundational for having a proper mindset in not only uh, our workplace, but in everything that we do. So I'm going to start in Romans chapter 1, verses 14 through 16. And there it says, this is Paul writing uh, to the church in Rome. He says, I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jews first, and also to the Greeks. So I want to talk about these uh, three verses here uh, briefly as we move on, uh, because these are are really foundational to our faith and the way that we live out our lives. Because... We, we're not there just to collect a paycheck. We're there uh, to be ambassadors for Christ. And the first verse there that I read, verse 14, says, I'm a debtor both to the Greek and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. And we need to understand that every day, every person that we come in contact with, whether we think they're a nice person or we think that they're uh, a rotten person living their life completely the wrong way, we need to understand that we're debtors to all for what Jesus has done for us. Um, We're in debt to all those people. We have an obligation to all those people, whether we like them or not, we have an obligation uh, to show Jesus Christ to them in hopes that uh, that they will at some point turn their lives over to Christ and become a Christian and be able to Uh, do the same things that we're attempting to do in living our lives for Christ. I don't know if you've ever heard the term paying it forward, um, but that's what we're, that's what we're doing um, in our lives every day. We're supposed to be paying it forward. And this is a a great picture um, that we have as being debtors for all, for what Jesus has done for us. Jesus gave us something that is priceless. It can't be paid back and it's not not asked to be paid back. It's something that we are giving, uh, just given just by putting our faith and, and, and trust in Jesus Christ for our salvation. We've been given a treasure that's beyond uh, any value of anything that you could think of in the entire in the, the entire world. And it's it's great that we're able to uh, be able to pay that forward to other people. That, that's the amazing thing about salvation. That's the amazing thing about the the gift of God that we're given in Christ. Um, this salvation that we don't deserve is that it's something that we can give out freely to anyone that we come in contact with. Um, in the in the whole idea of paying it forward, uh, you've probably heard about, you know, maybe somebody will go through a, a drive-through at a Starbucks and then they'll buy their coffee and then they'll uh, decide that they want to buy uh, 
whatever it is that the people in the car behind them um, ordered and then that car comes through and then they realize that they just got their order done for free and so they decide that they're going to pay that forward to the car behind them and it becomes this constant row of people paying it forward and doing something nice for somebody behind them. Well, we can do that with, with, the, with the gospel. We can do that with um, our life for, for Christ by constantly paying it forward. Um, but this is, this is even more impactful uh, than, than that form of paying it forward that you hear about in the news sometimes. Because when you pay it forward um, in life, you know, whether it's coffee or whatever it is, if somebody gives you a thousand dollars and um, you want to give that thousand dollars to somebody else, when you give that thousand dollars away, uh, you've done a great thing. You know, you've done something possibly to help somebody that was in need, but but it's it, it, it costs you something when you give that away, then you, you no longer have that thousand dollars. The gospel, what we have in, in Jesus, is far superior. It is something that, that, it's the only thing in the world that you can give away, share the gospel, give it away to as many people as you want, and no matter how much you give out, you don't lose any of what you have. In fact, it, it, it really does build up inside of you and, and you become um, of even greater faith as you see the lives of people changed by receiving the gospel. Your faith grows and you become more able to do, to, to do even greater things because of your willingness to take that gift that you have and offer it freely to as many people um, as you come in contact with. And you see lives changed in them, and you didn't lose any of the gift that God already gave you, and that builds your faith. So we're debtors to all, but the debt that we pay to, to, to other people that need to hear the gospel, the debt that we, that we uh, pay back to them, um, doesn't cost us a thing because it costs Jesus everything. Everything that we're paying out comes from what Jesus did on the cross, and it allows us to show our faith in Him because we're not uh, ashamed to tell people of the great gift that we have. In verse 15 going back says, So as much as in me is, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. Um, it's our job to be ready to preach, preach to all. It's our job to be ready uh, to preach the gospel to co-workers, to strangers, uh, to even sometimes uh, yeah, not sometimes, but even our bosses, um, the people that we come in contact with, that, that's our job. Remember, we're, we're debtors to all of these people. And it doesn't matter the position that, that we have at work or the position others have at work. All of those people um, are equally in need of hearing about Christ and we're equally um, obligated to tell them about Christ. So when we go to work and have the right mindset, one of the things we're looking for is the uh, opportunity to share our faith with them um, in, in whatever way that we're able to do it. And sometimes it's hard to find those opportunities. Sometimes it's, it's just listening to what they have to say and find out what their true needs are um, so that we can uh, give them a godly response and point them in the direction of Christ. And then verse number 16, and we'll get going here. Uh, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. We're not to be ashamed of the gospel of Christ, because it is the power of God unto salvation. 
sometimes we work ourselves into a situation where we become um, nervous of the culture, um, sort of afraid to tell people what we believe, and we've become ashamed of what Jesus did. We're not willing to tell others about it. But we need to keep in mind why we shouldn't be ashamed, because people need to find salvation through Jesus. And the only way they're going to know is if is as if we if we um, uh, pass the gospel on to them, tell them the gospel, tell them our experiences, because it is the power of God into salvation. The gospel of Christ is the only thing that leads to salvation. It's something that we should never be ashamed of. And this is what Paul's saying. He's saying, I'm ready to preach to you because I'm not afraid, I'm not ashamed of the, of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God into salvation. So because this is the power of God into salvation, we need to be ready to bring it up when the opportunity arises. So we have to be looking for that opportunity. We have to not uh, be, be nervous about what their response is going to be. We need to be willing to tell people. We must keep these things in mind because we work with and around people that do not know Jesus. And look around it when you're at work. Look around it and think to yourself, how many of these people have you talked to that you know that they don't know Christ? And we're debtors to all of those people, including the people that we work for and the other authorities around us. We're obligated to preach to these people and live as a Christian example. The Bible uh, uses the word Christian. I believe it was in Antioch that they were first called uh, Christians there. And the word Christian uh, has a different meaning in the Bible than it does often in our mind and how we think of it. The word Christian simply means to be Christ-like, uh, to be one that uh, lives in obedience to his word and patterned after the life of obedience that Jesus showed his, uh, his life of, of obedience to uh, God the Father. So to be a Christian is to be somebody who's living a life that's patterned after the life of Jesus. One that when people see you, they say, wow, that person is a Christian. But commonly, um, for a lot of Christians in the world, they think that the word Christian just, to mean, just means to be a Christ-liker. And that, that's just um, someone who has a preference for Jesus, if it's not too inconvenient. You know, that's a, a, a person that um, they want to be known as a Christian, but they don't want to bring it up very often. They don't want to offend. They don't want to um, make it awkward. So as long as it's not too inconvenient, they're willing to, to, to be Christian um, out in the open. But, but that's not the way that we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be living a life of obedience. And of course, no one's going to do it perfectly. Uh, we're going to have our ups and downs. We're going we're gonna to fail often. But um, our tendency, our, our normal practice should be of one trying to live the right way for Christ, to give a, a picture of who Christ is, and uh, seeking forgiveness when we fail. It's not to be afraid of letting people know we're a Christian, um, to avoid uh, confrontation, I guess, if it's not a better word for that. So, but in order to, to do this, in order to be Christ-like, it's not something that's going to happen from day one, from the moment you're saved. It takes, it takes time, it takes growth, 
Um, we need to increase our faith to get to that point. So if, if you're not there yet, don't worry. It just takes time. There's, there's a lot of different things that we can do to, to help increase our faith so that we can um, be having more victories than we are defeats. And um, some of those ways, are, we like to read uh, Christian biographies, uh, different missionaries, uh, people like that that have lived a life of faith and and that helps get you encouragement if you you know read scripture that gives you encouragement and builds your faith when you read you know the book of acts which is a, a picture of, of the growth of the church in the first uh, century as as they faced persecution but continued to strive uh, for for living a christian life so you, you can learn about the early church, you can learn about the different uh, apostles, the different writers of Scripture, and just just gain uh, greater faith through knowing that how their life uh, was lived for Christ in in the face of of real obstacles, of real danger, and how they did it, and know that that we can do the same thing. The the people in the Bible had no more power from the Holy Ghost than, than we can have now. We can live in the power of the, of, of the Holy Spirit and be living a life that is an example for Christ so that others might see what we have in our faith and, and, and thirst for it and, and, and to want to know more about it. And then we should be able to share the gospel with them and how we were saved and when we were saved and the changes that we've had in our lives. Another thing that I've, I was really fortunate to have uh, 20 years ago um, was a, a little older Christian in the church that we were members of. His name was Brother Howard. And uh, Howard, I got the opportunity to work with him in a paint factory. And he was really uh, sort of a mentor and gave me, uh, even better than reading books about Christians that lived a, a, a good Christian life, I was able to see it in practice and watch Howard as he would share the gospel with um, co-workers, watch him share the gospel with vendors who came in who sold us different chemicals and solvents that go into the paint making process, uh, watch him as he um, had different struggles at home with his family. Or whatever else and to see this man who would go to the Lord in prayer we'd have prayer meetings um, so it's good to have some sort of a mentor like that who's who's able to be a good example of what we should be doing and how we should be responding to the different situations in life uh, one of the things we got to do is respond we need to respond biblically to situations rather than react uh, humanly which is what what we tend to do when something bad hits us, we automatically just react to it without thinking about it. But we have to learn to see the situation and then respond to it in a biblical way, again, which takes study and prayer and hopefully a mentor um, and and uh, just learning from other people around you that have already done it. And hopefully this podcast is going to help, help us with that as we go and we're living our lives at work, trying to do the right things to glorify God as we do it. So we're taking our our strengthened faith that we have and we're choosing to be Christ-like rather than just a Christ-liker. We're choosing to have 
Christ be the focus of our life as we want to live an obedient life rather than just have Christ be a preference in our life as long as it's not inconvenient. And this is what makes the difference between talk and action. Are you acting on your faith or just talking about your preference for Jesus as long as nobody minds? A lot of this depends on who you're serving. Again, the question, who is your boss? We're finally getting into the actual topic of the podcast today. Who is your boss? We have a lot of supervisors in life. We have a lot of people over us on a daily basis. What is guiding our performance on the job every day when you're doing those 60-hour days, when you're um, taking care of, of a task that seems to overwhelm. Um, when you're going, when you're, when you're coming across little things that seem insignificant that you can maybe skip and get away with without anybody noticing and, and it seems like uh, nothing, uh, nothing negative can result from it. Who is your boss? For this question, I wanted to look at Colossians chapter 3 and I'm going to read verses 20 through, through 25. And here, this is Paul again writing to the people in, um, in Colossae. And uh, it's interesting, if you ever want to take a look at this book, look at chapters 3 and 4 um, on your own. And this, these two sections give great advice, uh, great guidance in just handling so many uh, situations in our daily lives. These are practical steps in living a Christian life. But starting in verse 22 of uh, chapter 3 of Colossians, It says, Servants, obey in all things your masters, according to the flesh, not with eye service as men's pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive a reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done, and there is no respect of persons. So if you take a look at these, uh, these verses, it gives us um, great insight into the mindset that we need to have at work. Um, well, I used to be a route manager um, for waste management up in uh, Nebraska at one time, and it was amazing to see how people reacted differently, um, say in the morning uh, pre-trip, to launch off the drivers for the day, get them for the morning launch uh, to get going out there. Uh, we had the, the, the pre-trip inspection where you had to uh, you know, inspect your vehicle, check your fluids, do your brake um, inspections and, and, and all that. And it's, it's amazing to see the difference of how people do that task when I'm standing out there watching as opposed to how they do that task when, when they think nobody's looking. And these verses tell us, Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. So he's telling us we need to be obeying all things um, from our master's work, from our, from our bosses, from our supervisors. That's what according to the flesh is talking about your worldly authorities, the, whether it's at work or, or whatever the situation is. And not with eye service as men's pleasers. So saying don't obey them and follow the procedures just because somebody's watching. Because the lost do that. You don't have to be saved to to, um, try to look good for your boss. But it says, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. So the things that we do at work, we need to have a singleness of heart. Our focus is not on 
pleasing our boss. Our focus is on pleasing God. Our focus is on uh, being a good witness for God, being a good testimony for what Christ did. So we're doing all the things that we're supposed to do because that's what God wants us to do, not merely because that's what the rules say while we're at work. And the key here is found in verse 23, which is the next verse in Colossians 3, where it says, And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as unto the Lord, and not unto men. So here it doubles down on the, on the, uh, the aspect of, of working, in that it's, it's not to be done to be seen by men, or to be pleasing your boss, but you're to be working um, heartily into the Lord, which is, it, does, it doesn't mean just go through the motions. Um, it doesn't mean just get your task done. We're to be working and doing our very best, uh, using our whole heart, doing it heartily um, with enthusiasm, um, trying to do the best job that we can as if God was the boss, as if God is the one. Your Lord is, is the one who's overseeing the task because he is. Everything you do out there, you're representing your company, but you're also representing God. As a child of God, as a saved person who's put their faith in Jesus, everything that, that we do when we're clocked in or, or at home is to be done as if you're doing it for God himself because he truly is the boss that you have. And so that's what we, we, we need to be getting through. No matter what the situation is, whether it's doing an inspection, we need to be following every single step and really checking it. Not just going through the motions and checking off boxes, but really checking each item, making sure that it's in working order, making sure that if there's an issue that we're writing it up to get it, get it addressed. We have to be working as if we're working for God himself because really we are. And if we're doing those things, um, then, then our employer is going to be pleased with our work. Our employer is going to be pleased uh, with what we're doing because by submitting to God's will for our lives, we're submitting to the authorities that have been placed over us in the workplace and every other situation. One time I was working for uh, Coca-Cola as one of the, uh, the route drivers, so I would go and uh, take my, my truckload to the different stores that I service um, on a daily basis and I would uh, check in the order, uh, deliver the product, merchandise the product, um, pull any out of dates, give credits for damaged um, products and things like that. And uh, one day I happened to be helping, I was riding with another driver on his route and helping him out and I got uh, found myself in one of these situations where I had to decide what was the right thing to do. And uh, it was a situation where almost any other driver, uh, just from talking to them, I found out um, would have made the, the opposite decision. But uh, we're at a store out in the middle of nowhere in central Arkansas, uh, delivering product. And um, the other driver who actually, it was his route and I was helping him, um, asked me as we were leaving, hey, do you want a drink? And uh, I, I thought, sure, you know, why not? Um, I'll take a drink. And so I thought he was going in to, to buy a couple drinks and was just offering me one of them. And he came out with, uh, with two bottles of, of Coca-Cola. And um, I asked him, uh, I asked him something um, about, you know, how much it was or uh, if 
to pay him back or, or whatever. And he goes, oh, no worry about it. I, I just I credited him out as damaged. We'll just turn in the empty bottles at the end. And um, at that point, I, I the, the bottle was sitting in my cup holder and I just, I just felt wrong about touching it because I knew that wasn't the procedure. I knew that wasn't um, what we should be doing. Um, and so uh, I come to find out later that that was a pretty common practice amongst a lot of the drivers that whenever they need something to drink, they'll go ahead and just grab one of the cold ones off the shelf when they're leaving, um, credit it out as a damaged product. The customer gets, gets full credit, so he hasn't lost any money on it. And then they just turn it in at the end as, as damaged product and uh, management uh, would never have any idea because as far as they know, it could have been a bottle that was um, you know, broken in the, in the cooler and uh, that they needed to, to credit back. So um, that, was, that was the situation. But I thought about it for a long time as that bottle sat there and I didn't, didn't drink out of it. And I finally had to tell uh, the other driver that I, I can't take that because that's... Uh, that's stealing. That's not what what we should be doing. It's it, you know, the bosses would never know about it. Um, nobody would ever know that it had happened. But I knew, and I knew that God knew, and I knew that that was stealing from the company. Um, and some people might say, oh, it was only a dollar or whatever the the cost of it was. You know, it's not that big of a deal. They credit out hundreds of dollars each day in damaged product or out of dates. Nobody would ever know it wasn't that big of a deal. But um, I knew, I knew for sure that that was wrong and that I'm not there just working for Coke, but I'm working for God. And I couldn't, I couldn't take advantage of that situation where somebody could easily take a small little item like that. And so, um, it, and it could be a tough, tough decision because that's such a small thing, um, in the grand scheme of things when you're moving, you know, thousands of dollars worth of product each day. You have an opportunity to take advantage of this one little loophole in the system, I guess, if you can call it that, that will cost the company cents, maybe a dollar at most. And you have to make that decision. And, um, you know, you have to, you have to take a stand. And that driver that I was working with now knew um, that, that, that I wasn't going to to take that, and I know he talked to others about it because the next day I heard from other drivers about uh, about it. So I know he was talking about it, and I had to just explain that I I, I can't do it because that's not that wasn't the right thing uh, to do. It's stealing from the company, and um, you know I have a I have a, a higher boss. I have someone else um, over me at work that even supersedes what uh, appears to be. Uh, no big deal to, to all those around. And so, uh, you know, that was just one situation. And there's been a lot of different situations and, and garbage routes over the years. Um, I had situations when I was a route manager where I had to even sometimes go against um, what management told me because I knew that what they told me was uh, in complete opposition to what God would have me to do in that particular situation. So, as we go on here, I just want to encourage everybody that whatever you're doing on, on the job tomorrow, you may put in a 14-hour day working hard, uh, barely have time to think, you're you know, constantly working, working heartily as unto the Lord, but always keep in mind who your true boss really is. Um, is, it, is it just that supervisor that you see in the morning, um, the guy there when you're punching in and punching out, or is your boss, while you're on the job, 
the God who saved you. Okay, thank you for listening to episode number two, Who is Your Boss? of the Blue Collar Bible Guy podcast. Um, I want to thank you for listening on whatever podcast uh, format you're, you, you listen to. Um, I should be out there all over the place right now. Um, I look forward to hearing from you in the future. Again, if you'd like to submit an email, you can submit that to bluecollarbibleguy at gmail.com and I will read that in the podcast and we can discuss uh, the particular situation or the story or just hear um, what you've done um, while you're on the job and trying to live out your faith. Um, I thank you again for uh, tuning in and listening in. Uh, Please like, comment, uh, subscribe, and share it with your friends. This is the Blue Collar Bible Guy podcast. Thank you.